gut health has definitely been having a moment of late, hasn't it? And no wonder it is such an important part of our overall health and well-being. And ultimately, we all need a happy gut for a happy, healthy life. And while what we eat has a huge impact on our individual gut health, that is only part of the story because there is also a really strong interplay with our mind as well, which can affect our mental and emotional well-being, which of course works both ways because the way we treat ourselves and look after ourselves will also have an effect on our gut. It's a really fascinating interplay. And today's guest is going to be helping us to understand this, give us some practical tips on getting to know and treat our gut better. And she'll also be treating us to a ridiculously quick and easy way to connect us better with our gut too. Welcome to the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness podcast, bringing you a weekly dose of fitness and wellness inspiration as we explore together how to get motivated and create a realistic and achievable way to stay active within a busy life while stepping away from guilt and the diet roller coaster for good. Together, we'll unpack some of the myths and unhelpful messages from the traditional fitness and diet industry so that you can find a better, kinder, more helpful way to fit exercise and wellness strategies into your life, improve your confidence and feel amazing. I'm your host, women's fitness and wellbeing coach, Alex Hubble, founder of ChickFit, mum of two, and a firm believer that exercise and eating well can go hand in hand with chocolate, wine, and lots of rest to create a happy life. You can find out more about me at chickfit.co.uk or head to my social media channels at Alex Chickfit. Welcome back. Fabulous to have you here as always. I hope you're having a great week so far and I hope that I'm about to make it even better with today's guest because today I am joined by Cara Wheatley-McGrain. She is the founder of The Mindful Gut, is a well-being coach and is about to very excitingly publish her first book through Hay House called Calm Your Gut, which is going to be out in January. So it's safe to say that it's a really exciting time for her. And I'm really pleased that we've secured a little bit of her time to chat about all things gut related. Now, I know that she is really, really passionate about opening up this conversation around good gut health. And inspired by her own healing journey, Cara has developed a revolutionary approach to thriving with IBS and IBD through understanding, loving and listening to your gut. But actually, I think this is important for every single one of us because good gut health has a knock-on effect on literally every other part of our health and well-being as well. Personally, I've had issues for a few years now with a condition called SIBO or small intestine bacterial overgrowth. It's a bit of a journey and I'm still on it right now trying to discover for me what the exact root cause of it is. My main symptom is daily bloating and so far the only thing that's fixed it is a pretty extreme elimination diet. Unfortunately, once I come off it, the bloating starts back up again and it's obviously not a way that I can eat for the long term. And I'm also aware that there are longer term implications of this gut unbalance. So I'm really keen to pick Cara's brains, both for myself and for you today. Um, and over the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to be chatting all about getting to know your own unique gut microbiome and how to cultivate compassion, self-care and greater connection with your gut. Plus, she's going to be sharing a couple of simple techniques for a calmer and more mindful lifestyle. And she's going to talk maybe a little bit about how to develop an intuitive eating practice that is going to help you to calm your gut. All sounds amazing. This is so what I need right now. So welcome to the podcast, Cara. So, so lovely to have you. 
Alex, I'm really happy to be here and I love your passion for gut health too. You're a woman after my own heart. <laughs> the, our gut health is so important and yeah. what's really exciting is more and more of us are becoming aware of just how much it's a foundation of our health and well-being. So I have a passion for gut health. It's a very personal passion mm -hmm. because it's based on my own experience of being really seriously ill at university and almost losing my colon. Um, I have inflammatory bowel disease. I live with ulcerative colitis and irritable bowel syndrome. And I have been on a long journey to discover the techniques that really support me to look after my gut. And I love sharing that with other people. So I'm a wellbeing coach and I focus on developing uh, compassion and mindset changes for my clients all around their gut health and intuition. And as you kindly mentioned, I've also put all of my journey and discovery in a book, which is out in January called Calm Your Gut. And it's a mindful and compassionate guide to healing IBD and IBS. Amazing. I think what is so, so interesting is that, you know, quite often when I have guests on here, you know, well-being guests, is that one of the reasons that a lot of us go into doing this kind of thing is that we've experienced something ourselves you know, and so we totally understand the people that we work with because we've been there. We're not coming from it from a place of never having experienced any difficulty, never having, you know, experienced that particular thing, but actually from having been there and done it ourselves and kind of seen the how it feels and also how it feels to heal from that as well. So in terms of your particular journey, you said that you you kind of suffered with all those things at university. And obviously that is, you know, that is something you have to manage for the rest of your life. But how did those issues show up for you? I was really, really ill. So I, similar to you talking about bloating and discomfort, that's how it started. I've got to say I was a cheese on toast vegetarian from the age of 14. So I had a very limited diet and I certainly now with my knowledge know that that was probably a contributory factor. Right. Um, I also had a lot of stress and anxiety, which we didn't talk about so much in the 80s and 90s when I was growing up. We have a new language and new awareness about our mental health now. So alongside stress, anxiety, bloating, I started to have lots and lots of trips to the toilet and that kept increasing. And when I was studying in London, I was pretty stressed. I, I wasn't coping very well. I wasn't really talking about it. And when I ended up in hospital, I was in a pretty bad way. I had extensive inflammation in my gut and my consultant spoke to my mom at the time and said, we're going to need to operate to remove Cara's colon unless she responds to um, intravenous steroids in the next 48 hours. Now, I'm very lucky I responded to those to that treatment pattern. And I kind of I, I kind of woke up in hospital with this incredible sense, wow, I need to get to know this organ. It's like hidden away. I don't even know anything about my colon. I need to understand it. I got really curious. And alongside the curiosity, I got like really compassionate. I was like, what have I been asking this organ to do? What can I do to support it? How can I help it? I had a really deep kind of psychological change in the relationship with my with my gut. And I've been developing and cultivating that relationship over the last two decades, really. And what's so lovely is that, in a way, the world has caught up and there are now so many exciting studies coming out. And I think particularly in the current context, we're particularly interested in knowing about our immunity and there's a relationship between our gut health and our immune health. 
of their immune well-being. And there's a lot more funding going into understanding the gut and in particular the gut microbiome. So I think that was one of the things I wanted to ask you about to start off with, I suppose, is this this idea of the gut microbiome. A lot of people have heard of it, but maybe don't necessarily understand exactly what it is and why it's so important to our overall health. So can you you know, give us a, a few details on that. Yeah. So the gut microbiome is such a fascinating topic. And in effect, we have inside of our gut thousands and thousands of different species of bacteria. In fact, scientists are trying to profile the range of different bacteria that we have in our gut at the moment. But what is really clear is that there's a difference in the gut microbiome of people who live in the Western world as opposed to people in more traditional communities. Uh, So one of the kind of classic ways they look at this is they look at people who have a a typically quite a highly processed food diet, a very Western style diet. And they compare it, scientists have been comparing it with the Hasta tribe who have what we would probably consider to be a kind of hunter-gatherer type diet, very diverse, wide ranging based on what they can forage in their local um, environment and forest. And the Hasta tribe have a really, really diverse microbiome, really extensive, wide range of species that actually very few of us have in the Western um, culture. And why they scientists speculating why this is, is because in the West, we not only get quite a lot of antibiotics, mm-hmm. which aren't very good for our gut microbiome, but we also have tend to have quite a restricted diet. So we tend to eat very similar foods repeatedly. And this is having an impact because our gut microbiome are kind of fed by what we eat. They need what we eat to support them to thrive and to do well. And the gut microbiome is also a critical part of our synthesizing many of our feel-good hormones. Mm. So this is the link with mental health. Right. And you may have heard, Alex, of probiotics. I'm sure many yeah. of your listeners will have heard of probiotics. And, you know, we talk about live yogurt, we take maybe take, taking a tablet of probiotics. And this is basically taking live bacteria into the gut. There's actually a growing strand of work around what's called psychobiotics. And these are specifically trying to, scientists are looking at specific bacteria that seems to be beneficial to our gut microbiome and to our mental health and our well-being. And this is particularly interesting because we now know that the gut is responsible for producing the vast majority of our dopamine and serotonin uh, hormones, which actually give us that those feel-good well-being, you know, sense of well-being and a sense of feeling good and positive. And therefore, if our diets are restricted, it's very possible. There's increasing evidence showing that it actually can lead to increased depression and increased anxiety. Yeah. So getting to know our gut is particularly important to understanding our overall well-being. Yeah, I, it's, it is so interesting, isn't it? And, you know, it's definitely something I've read a lot about over the last few years and has become it's becoming much more mainstream now safe to say I suppose it was probably wasn't mainstream a few years ago so to speak but it is now you know now that there is this deeper understanding of you know what's going on with that and how that's affecting not just our physical health but our emotional health as well you know and I think you know it's one of those funny cycles isn't it where if we are stressed that can affect our gut microbiome and if our gut microbiome is stressed and it's giving us symptoms that is causing us stress so we maybe get into this kind of vicious cycle so why is that interplay so important between our levels of stress particularly and the gut microbiome well i think you've started to articulate it really well there about this kind of the idea of a cycle of the interplay between the stress and the gut um, because we know also that when we are stressed when we have increased cortisol levels in our body 
that actually is really not very good for our gut. And it can increase the likelihood of having inflammation in our gut. And obviously, as somebody living with inflammatory bowel disease, I'm particularly interested in that. I'm particularly interested in looking at ways to reduce inflammation through diet and lifestyle. And we know uh, one of the key players in this is actually the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve is this beautiful, long, wandering nerve that starts in our pituitary gland, goes down the side of our, the right side of our neck, goes through into the heart, into most of the organs of the body, and then threads and weaves into the blood supply of the gut. Mm. And the vagus nerve is what really bi-directional, two-way relationship between our gut and our brain. Yeah. And it's a really important nerve to be aware of if we looked at it as a kind of super lane highway, like a kind of big motorway, lots and lots of lanes of traffic. And um, say we had eight lanes of traffic, about six of them are going from the gut to the brain and only two going from the brain to the gut. And this shows the very strong relationship, that bi-directional relationship between our gut and our brain. And what I would say to, to your listeners is, actually, we kind of know this in our language, don't we? We talk about gut feeling, we talk about gut instincts. And I think our language shows that actually our gut has an important part to play in how we feel, how we respond to situations, and also how we maybe it informs our decision-making process as well. So you talk about cultivating compassion and cultivating a greater connection to your gut. So why is that important? How, how can we really do that? Because it, I suppose, you know, for a lot of us, that's going to feel a bit like, okay, that sounds great, but I don't really understand how I might actually do that for myself. So how would you go about starting that? I think there's a few different ways. One of the most powerful ways that's really, really simple is actually is the breath. And the breath is the basis of most mindfulness or compassion practices. So it's a really beautiful, simple way. And one of the techniques I, I explore and I share in really simple ways in my book is to do what I call base belly breathing. And this is a deceptively simple practice, but it's really powerful. And there's a lot of science around the power of breath on our body. And going back to the vagus nerve, we know that deep breathing, abdominal breathing, not just that shallow breathing in the chest, but the deep breathing really stimulates and tones our vagus nerve and really supports it. And the vagus nerve is critical in our stress response. So I'm really happy, actually, I can do a really quick, portable little guided demonstration if that's okay Alex so yeah, I'd um, love to yeah brilliant <laughs> so if um if you can if you're listening and Alex we can do, do it together I would just really recommend that you um that you sit up straight that you have a lovely kind of open posture so you kind of really open up the shoulders if you can put your feet flat on the floor so you're just really nicely grounded and then just to really deepen the practice I'd encourage you to put one palm just gently on your chest and one palm on your belly just kind of a lovely kind of supportive gesture, kind of like cupping your belly, taking care of it. And then I would invite you to take a lovely deep breath and just go down into your belly. And then as you exhale, very naturally through the mouth, imagine you're misting a mirror. So we'll take another deep breath in, into the belly, sighing out. I'll do it once more. Into the belly. Exhale through the mouth as though sighing, misting a mirror. And I hope you feel, even just doing that so simply for mm. a few seconds, for a few breaths, what you're tuning into is 
you're supporting your parasympathetic nervous system to be activated. You're grounding yourself. And for me, it's also about really beautifully connecting to the gut, connecting to what we often don't really think about is that, that hidden organ um, underneath our skin that sits in our belly that actually does work for us every day. Mm-hmm. And for me, I often also, in my compassion practice with my gut, I do affirmations. So I do, I, you know, I love and honour my gut. I love and take care of my gut. And by doing these really simple affirmations, um, it just helps us to tune into our belly more day to day. And obviously, when we're eating, it's also about asking ourselves, what is the work we're asking our gut to do? Because it's really easy for our eating practice to be kind of a little bit mindless. We eat what everyone else is eating. We eat the simple stuff. But it's that question that we can kind of maybe take a breath, take a pause and say, what is the work I'm asking of my gut today? How am I supporting it or not supporting it by what I'm about to eat? And these are simple ways of tuning into and and being a bit more grounded in our relationship with our gut. And I think that's so interesting as well, because, you know, a lot of the work I do, for example, is with postnatal women. It's women who've had C-sections, women who have had a diastasis. And I, you know, and I don't, I wouldn't say this, this is limited to people in at that time of life, but one of the very, very, very first things that I will work on is the breath. Because it's, you know, if that's not working, other stuff isn't going to work or it's not going to function as well as it might. Um, let's put it that way. And it's actually really, really hard for women as well, because a lot of us, you know, particularly through pregnancy, childbirth, C-sections, etc., can have quite a difficult relationship with that part of our bodies. You know, I, I certainly work with some women who have almost shut themselves off from that. They don't want to look at their tummies. They don't want to touch their tummies. They don't want to associate with them. And so that connection, even with the, with the sort of outer appearance of it, is affecting what's going on inside as well. And that's why things like massage are really important. It's why working on the breath is really important. And it sounds really simple. It sounds really simple to breathe into the tummy, but it, it really is a lot more difficult than I think we give it credit for. And so that's why it's such like a basic foundational thing of what I do with a lot of my clients. And like you say, it's essentially a basic foundational thing for what you do as well. It's almost like the first step, because if you can't necessarily, if you feel that you have difficulty connecting with that area of your body, then actually connecting to your gut is going to be a more difficult thing. And I think that that's like a really simple way to start is just being able to breathe into that area and start to acknowledge that, yes, it's actually there. And it's, you know, it's a really important part of you as well, I think. I love what you've just said. And I really resonate with it. And I hope your listeners do as well, because I think the breath is is a foundation practice. I think that's a really lovely way of putting it. And I think it's very easy because it's so simple to almost dismiss it and actually sometimes the simple things have great wisdom and actually the breath has been used in eastern traditions in many medicine medicine traditions through yoga through meditation and mindfulness practice or tai chi the breath is a core part of many of those really ancient wisdom traditions and so i think we're getting a better understanding of it in western culture but i, I absolutely agree with you it is a very powerful part of tuning into the gut and tuning into the core of our being actually yeah and I think that you've just shown with that, that little uh that little exercise that it can be a really quick simple thing to do you know just 
sometimes I tell my clients every so often, just take a 60 minute breath break at your desk, just stop, close your eyes, mm-hmm. breathe, focus on where that breath is going. And it just, it helps us just to tune in because we, I think we live our lives in our brains, don't we? We live our lives as thinking people and we don't often get the time to tune into what our bodies are doing and how our bodies actually feel. And I think that's a, you know, I love that exercise. I love the, the kind of hand on the chest, hand on the tummy, because it just connects you to your body a little bit in ways that we don't often do. Yes, I think the hand, the hands is really, is a really beautiful part of almost again of like a little bit of a caress to those parts of our body that we can sometimes be quite tough with and quite demanding of. And as, as you said, maybe even rejecting for different reasons. And, you know, we do live in a culture where having the perfect tummy and the perfect abs, you know, there's a lot of negative pressure on that part of our body. But, um, and particularly as women, I think, you know, going back to what you were saying, it, having a, you know, our, our guts hold our womb, they hold, they hold a kind of core of us. And there's something really quite powerful about tuning into that as women as well, that in, in, a, in a kind of gentle way and in an accepting way. Fab. So I think just to finish off today, you, I think you've probably covered some of this, but what would maybe be your top couple of tips on good gut health? What can we do in a practical way that is good for our gut health? I would say diversity. Diversity is key. So going back to our gut microbiome, what we really want to do is increase the diversity of our gut buds as inner bacteria. And one of the ways that we can do that is by really looking at what we're eating. So I would really encourage people to seek out foods they don't always eat to eat to, to when they go to their normal supermarket route and they go and go okay this is what I get you know I get a courgette and I get an onion and I get potatoes and I get actually look for vegetables and fruit that you don't normally get stick them out because what we're trying to do is increase our plant-based diversity in particular because what we're thinking about is how are we nourishing and supporting our gut bugs to thrive And by eating a diverse diet of real foods and avoiding as much as we can ultra processed foods, we're really protecting our gut. One of the things I talk about in my book is the fact that in some ways we're in the process of industrialising our guts here in the West. We, We have a tendency to eat similar foods in similar ways. And what we're trying to do is create as much as possible, protect the diversity and well-being of our gut. And also to think about, um, alongside we talked about probiotics, we're talking about prebiotics. So prebiotics are the fertilizers that support those inner gut bacteria. Um, so prebiotics include things like apples, bananas, oats, and um, the allium family, which is garlic, onions, leeks. Making sure we have those in our diet, they really, really support and help our gut bugs to thrive. As women, one particular one that's lovely to know is that flaxseed is a is a great way, um, or linseed it's sometimes called. It's yeah. brilliant because it's full of packed with phytoestrogens, which is really helpful for women in our hormone cycles, but also great for feeding our gut bugs. And the science is generally saying aim for about 30 different plant-based foods in the week. And when you kind of tot it up, it's just kind of going, how can I pack in a few more different things? Pulses are great, legumes are great as well. So um, your chickpeas and lentils popping them into soups at this time of year when it's getting a bit colder is a great way of, again, increasing the diversity of those lovely phytonutrients that we're feeding our guts and feeding our body to help us uh, help our well-being. Yeah. And I think, you know, like you say, it's not necessarily about pressuring yourself to have it all in one day. It's like, how can you improve it over a week or even over a space of a month, you know, going, well, I'm going to try a couple of different vegetables this month or 
just starting to gradually add bit by bit rather than feeling like it's this whole massive overhaul of your diet, I suppose. Yeah. And and maybe do it with curiosity. I think it can be really exciting to, you know, make it, make it fun. If you're going shopping with your kids, like maybe go down to check out like some fruit or veg that you've never seen before and then think, oh, how can we cook this? How can we integrate it into our meal this evening? It can be quite a fun way also of supporting them to start to think a little bit more about their gut and their well-being and I'm again I'm passionate about this because we know there is a growth in anxiety and depression in young people so and them having a sense as children of how they can support their gut health and well-being is, is a really powerful way of starting them out on the path of of, of their well-being long term totally okay so to round everything off today before I say goodbye I know you've got your book coming out in January, which I'm very excited to read. I've already got it on my Amazon wish list. Um, can you tell us a bit more about that and about how people can find out more about you? Yes. So I am available at the mindfulgut.co.uk. Um, that's my website. I'm also on Instagram. I have a fa- lovely Facebook group I run as well. I do group coaching primarily with women all around gut health and gut compassion and I'd love people to um, take a look at my book it packs in lots of really helpful useful tips recipes different breath techniques a little bit of yoga different movement practices as well you can pre-order it lovely to hear that it's on your Amazon um, wish list that's great to hear so yeah check it out it's on my website Um, I've even got a couple of lovely little gifts as well that people can download I've got what I call my eliminate with love diet because I know you were talking about elimination diets earlier on and they can be a way of beating ourselves up so I try to change that mindset and think about doing it in a much more compassionate way because it's a great tool sometimes if we do suffer from bloating um, to kind of get an understanding of of the foods that might trigger us to have particular responses in, in our gut health so yes I'm, I'm always excited to talk to people about gut health and I'd love to chat to any of your listeners anytime about their um, gut well-being amazing it's been fabulous I have picked up a few lovely little bits and pieces there I think I might go and uh, download your little uh, elimination guide as well <laughs> I think I might need that Um, And I hope that the listeners have really enjoyed it and got loads out of it today too. So thank you so much for joining us, Cara. Now, you can find out more about Cara, like she said, at themindfulgut.co.uk. And of course, look out for her book in January. I will pop the links to everything into the show notes as well, so you can go and easily find out more about Cara. And I hope you found today really, really helpful. And I cannot wait to be in your company again very soon. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness. Don't forget to come over and join me on my social media channels at Alex Chickfit for plenty more inspiration.